Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7 with me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. It's my first time back, I think, in a full week. Uh, Where you been, dude? Blues last Thursday. Uh, side effects, flu-like symptoms, I guess, kind of. Couldn't stay awake. Knees and ankles and hips and old man stuff, but uh, I'm back. I'm ready to roll, ready to talk Dan Lanning to Oregon the impact it'll have on Georgia, both in recruiting and on the field over the next two, three, four weeks. And uh, then we're going to just talk recruiting and let two of the best in the business go at it and let you know kind of what's going on with Georgia with a couple days left until uh, the first day of the early signing period, which is uh, December the 15th through the 17th, I believe it is. And so uh, Georgia's trying to finish strong, going to try to gun for that number one class, got a lot of competition and uh, Kip and Rusty are going to have the rundown for you here on the Junkyard Dogcast. But but let's start talking about Dan Lanning here real quick. I think that's the big news over the weekend. Uh, Saturday night, official word kind of came down. Lanning is the the head coach at Oregon, and uh, no surprise, right, Rusty? No, um, I think um, I made the comment here, made a comment on the junkyard. You know, if you're hiring the right people, then then people can come after your, your people. And Dan Lanning has certainly been a guy that we all anticipated at some point. He's going to move on to a head coach. He's earned that. He's, um, you know, really, really good person. I've got to know him a little bit off the field through some coaching clinics and stuff and just really, really just resonates with the players. And, you know, that's a great opportunity for him to go to Oregon and lead one of the biggest brands in the freaking world. I mean, that, that Oregon, that Oregon symbol is worldwide known. And, you know, you go to a place where Phil Knight is obviously behind it financially from Nike. So the resources are unlimited there. You got to get out there and win some battles, but I know that Dan Lanning has earned this opportunity and it's kind of the day and age of recruiting. He's in, uh, he's in home with Marvin Jones Jr. in South Florida on Thursday night. Marvin Jones Jr. and his mother land on an official visit, pull into Athens, and AJC breaks the story that ultimately was correct, that Dan Lanning is going to be the next head coach at Oregon. So it's wild, man. It is the day and age of that. And with the early signing period, you're going to deal with some of those things. But I can't imagine – you know, that first hour of kind of what happened that afternoon. I know uh, it was craziness on my phone. I'm sure you guys as well. But that's the day and age, man. Uh, news breaks quickly. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And, uh, you know, listen, I think this deserves to be said right here too. Chip Towers reports that, AJC. Um, you know, we all start checking on it. We've seen this enough times. Kip and I are talking. Uh, Rusty, you're actually on the air, um, you know, being the uh, – John Madden of Georgia high school football um, over there. Uh, so, you know, you didn't exactly get to get a chance to really, you know, 
we go. I mean, John Madden, can I it'd be Chris Berman or somebody? Maybe a little bit of that. But uh, I'll tell you yeah. this: when Kip, why not John Madden? Man, John Madden's awesome. Uh, he is awesome. Uh, you know, Kip. I'm in the basement of the studio, so I have no signal. And I just told myself at three o'clock, nothing's gonna happen. I'm good. <laughs> And I swear to goodness, that's where you messed up. <laughs> I will never, never say that again because Kip's me and Kip could text, but I couldn't call. So I'm on air trying to text back and forth. I'm like, oh man, what's going on? You know, my phone just instantly notifications blew up and I couldn't, me and Kip are trying to call back and forth 20 freaking calls. I run down the hall, get on an elevator, go up to the ground floor, go outside and finally get a call into Kip at that point. So that was a craziness uh, about about twenty minutes, but I can tell you this: it felt like the T-Mobile commercial. Well, you it was got- like Dan <laughs> is yeah. going. I was like, That's all right, it. I guess I'm reporting it, dude. When we get into the, we, you, know, you get in that basement, I can tell you this: that is a secure studio at GPB, and I can also tell you there is no freaking Wi-Fi signal in that thing. Right, but but the the point is, you know, the 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 report was made kind of twenty four hours before it became a deal, and you know, the Oregonian has come out and said that that just that that Oregon took a, one last swing at Justin Wilcox, but I think we all kind of understood that there was a very good chance that Dan Lanning was going to be the head coach at Oregon. Uh, it wasn't like any of us wrote anything denying it was going to happen. We didn't see it happening. I mean, it was. You know, he was high on the list, and if he got offered, he was going to take it. He would be foolish not to. What an incredible first job to jump into. I mean, I mean, in, in some ways, different strengths and weaknesses in some ways right there with Kirby Smart's first job, if you think about it. I mean, in, in a way, maybe even a little bit better because the Pac-12 is wide open. Like, it's wide open, and Oregon may be the best team in it right now. I mean, it's definitely one of the top two teams in it. Um, so Lanny's got a golden opportunity, and just like the last guy that left Georgia to become a head coach, he's going to play Georgia in his first game because Sam Pittman did the same thing last year. Dan Lanning's going to have to do the same thing this year. Kip, knowing what you know about Dan Lanning, what do you think about him as a head coach? How, how do you think he'll fare out there in the Pacific Northwest? I mean, he's extremely organized and well-liked. And, I mean, these this day and age, you you really got to – have the the trust to your coaching staff that you're going to allow them to do their jobs. And I mean, it is more of a CEO position than it really ever has been before. And that's why you have such an extensive support staff as well. And I, I just think that all the coaches that have worked with Dan Lanning have said that about him. I mean, he's organized, he's motivated. Uh, he will never lack for motivation. He will never uh, lack for passion about what he's doing. And I think that that kind of, shows out in just his career path. I mean, just the, the way that he, you know, the storyline, the storyline now it's, it's getting written again, just like it got written when he got the, the, the Georgia position that and him driving and, you know, basically across the country to, to try to convince a coaching staff to give him a, an opportunity, you know, at, at Pitt. It's, it's incredible. The path he's coming, you guys are talking about comparing it to, to kind of Kirby smarts first position. I mean, Kirby smart spent, basically a decade at Alabama, you know, the, the DC for a long time and landing three years as a DC and then getting this position. I think it, I would put it above the, the, the career path, the trajectory that he has is, is definitely a, a much quicker path than, than the one Kirby smart took. And I mean, he was going to his alma mater. So I just think it's just really impressive what he's doing. Obviously West coast, he's going to be meeting a lot of new people over the, over the next couple of months and trying to make a lot a lot of new connections, but I think he has established himself as 
as one of the bright minds in college football. And I think Oregon, I mean, Oregon fans should be really excited knowing that they have a guy who's probably going to have already has a, a strong plan already in place for how he plans to run that program. He's going to spend the next couple of months just putting that, putting all those wheels into motion and the Kirby smart coaching tree, you know, just continues to strengthen. And I think that we've said it on this pod over the, you know, the last year that this is what Kirby smart wants. It shows you that the program's having success and at the same time, it's something that he prepares for. He doesn't – I mean, he's not getting caught off guard by this. I mean, we all kind of maybe got caught off guard over the weekend just because he hadn't been mentioned a lot in the Oregon search, but we knew that Dan Lanning and Todd Monken were both guys that were going to be up for jobs this offseason, and so one of them getting a, a, a position isn't a surprise, and it's something that Kirby Smart prepared for with the guys he already had on staff. I mean – Few coaches can go out there and, and lose uh, a, a Broyles uh, finalist and just lock, put it plug in a a Will Muschamp and a Glenn Schumann right there. You know, as your as your co defensive coordinators, it just kind of shows the staff strength and depth that Kirby Smart has in his coaching staff, and also just how important these support staff and analyst positions are. Absolutely. And one thing I'll say about Dan Lanning, I'm a firm believer that anybody, especially a first time head coach, but any head coach, I don't care if you got experience or not, you need a break or two. You need a couple things to go your way. And I'm not saying it's necessarily luck. You kind of make your own breaks, but you've got there are a few key things that have to happen for you, whether they're decisions, whether it is maybe some good fortune or the right call on this guy or that guy or this assistant or that quarterback or whatever. You got to have that. Uh, but any guy who treats people the way Dan Lanning treats people has a chance. And, uh, you know, he's, guys are going to enjoy working for him. Guys are going to enjoy playing for him. Um, he's going to get his players to play hard for him. He's going to get his coaches to coach hard for him. And those are all big things. Uh, Rusty, I want to ask you real quick, um, immediate impact on Georgia's coach staff. We learned Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann. The way that statement was worded was that those two guys were going to coordinate the defense. I think that's got a lot to do with maybe, maybe helping Dan Lanning out a little bit. Like, hey, listen, we're going to take this part off your plate because you're going to be distracted and you've got other things you need to worry about. Kirby's been through this before. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to do right by Dan Lanning in this whole deal. But do you get that impression too that 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 from reading that statement that Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp are going to coordinate this defense and not necessarily landing? He's going to be on to coach, but as a position coach. You know that one's hard for me to answer right now. Specifics. Um, I think more importantly, that announcement was made with recruiting in mind. You know, okay. Because you have those questions like, "Hey, what's Georgia doing? Where, where are they going to go?" You know, because what happens? You got prospects on campus and. It is what it is. You know, people are recruiting against you. Hey, they don't even know what they're going to do at D.C. They don't even know who the D.C.s are going to be, what what direction they're going to go. You know, that 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 thing was pretty calculated Saturday afternoon. That thing was released pretty quick. So it's always recruiting in mind with things like that. Um, Dan Lanning is the head coach at the University of Oregon. Dan Lanning is not going to spend his time, which is invaluable. I mean, invaluable right now losing time by not being involved at Georgia. So if he is there, he is a huge piece of the playoff puzzle. He's going to have a big say in what's going on. He's going to finish the job that, you know, these are his kids. I think, you know, I've never asked Kirby Smart personally, but I always heard the rumor was when he interviewed for the Auburn job, 
the question was, are you going to finish this season with Alabama or can you come now? And he made it clear, you know, I recruited these kids. I'm going to stay here and finish this thing. Uh, you know, and ultimately that may have wind up costing him an opportunity where Alabama goes, Auburn hires Gus Malzahn. So those, those two guys were in the finals for that job at the time. So I think Dan Lanning uh, chose to finish this thing. I think Kirby Smart realized how important he is. So I don't really think it's too huge of a deal how and what they divide the duties up. I think the key is that Dan Lanning made the commitment with Kirby Smart that, hey, I'm going to finish this thing the right way. And Georgia is better for having Dan Lanning, Glenn Schumann, and Will Muschamp all involved with this thing, ever how this pie is sliced up going in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point, especially with the recruiting thing. And what better way to transition into it? But first, we're going to take a break here real quick, and then we'll get into this impact on recruiting and then recruiting in general in the second half. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, guys. Dan Lanning, losing Dan Lanning, the impact on recruiting. Kip, how do you feel like this affects Georgia in the very, very short term? Well, I mean, Rusty mentions timing as far as when this leaked. It just so happens, you know, the, the moment that this storyline came out there, Georgia's hosting a five-star edge rusher, which just happens to be Dan Lanning's position group. Uh, the, you know, might be the biggest remaining positional need in this in this recruiting class for Georgia is trying to get an impact edge rusher that, you know, they got a couple guys right now. Dare Smith is a guy that, you know, has a lot of upside, great, great length. And they also have Carlton Madden at Cedar Grove, another impressive prospect that's, you know, had a nice growth spurt and ha has good, a good size as well. But Marvin Jones Jr. is considered, you know, arguably the most talented edge prospect in this class. And he's in Athens. You, you know, the news comes out that Dane Lanning is, is likely headed to Oregon and, you know, Georgia has worked so hard to get him on campus this final weekend before the early signing period. And this is a guy that, again, this is the last official visit for him, the fifth one, and a guy that set the, you know, make his announcement here. And Georgia's just trying to make that big push for him. So you, you got to think that that's something that, you know, him, Marvin Jones and his family, you know, out of Fort Lauderdale in American Heritage High School, a high school that Georgia's recruited heavily over the last decade several players have played for georgia out of that high school but you, know, you got to think to him and his family that's that's something they were thinking about you know who is going to coach me at, at the next level you could say it every cycle as far as that advice it's given the recruits that you know don't commit to coaching staff commit you know to commit to the school but relationships in the end are just so important for these for these kids and their decisions i mean now 
with the transfer portal around. I mean, if your coach isn't there or if he leaves, you, know, you can follow him somewhere. So you can you can still commit to a coach at this point. And I think that for him, that's probably a question he wanted answered. Uh, you know, who is going to coach me at the next level in my in my position room? And I think that's probably something that Kirby Smartness coaching staff spent a lot of time talking to him about and just telling him. You know, we prepared for this. We have a plan. And, you know, here's how we would utilize you in this defense, regardless of, of who's coaching your position group. So that's kind of the the immediate impact, I thought, in my mind. Uh, overall, this class, I don't really think uh, as far as the positional guys and the guys in defense that are committed, I don't really think there there is a huge impact. You know, a lot of the other guys at Georgia is still recruiting in this class you know, or in the secondary, whether it's Kamari Wilson or whether it's uh, Dalen Everett, those are guys that will must champ. And Jamila Dye, you know, they've been recruiting heavily and they've been heavily involved in those recruitments. And then you have Shamar James, and that's a guy that Glenn Schumann's been, been in on for a long time as well. So you already have established coaches for the other uncommitted targets. I think at that edge rusher position, uh, that, that was one, you know, that we don't really know the impact, but at least Georgia had him on campus while this was going on. And it allowed Kirby Smart an opportunity to kind of explain to him what his plan is for fulfilling Dan Lenning's, uh, you know, coaching position, but also just that position group and, and, and what the expectations are and, and the fit for him in that defense moving forward. Because like I said, I mean, that might be the biggest positional need left in this class. And there's not a much better target than that guy trying to get a five-star in there at the end. And one thing Georgia and a lot of these schools that recruit really well do is they they make sure that there are multiple relationships built that, you know, one guy isn't going to be a house of cards, you know, be that, you know, guy that causes a bunch of dominoes to fall. Um, you know, sometimes you can't avoid it, especially when you start talking about O-linemen. Uh, you know, and Sam Pittman is an example there. But still, Georgia was able to get a hire in there quickly, probably a big reason why. Kirby Smart hired Matt Luke as quickly as he did, uh, but you know they 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 spread these relationships out and uh, they they get multiple guys involved with with all of their guys. Rusty, I asked the same question to you, man. Short term impact Dan Lanning to Oregon. What does that mean for Georgia recruiting between now and National Signing Day or if, early signing day? If and I mean if Georgia signs Marvin Jones, they were extremely fortunate he was on campus because they were able to sit him down and talk and, and his mother and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. They were kind of out in front of it, but if he's on an official to Alabama, if he's on official to Clemson, if he's on official to Texas A&M this weekend, it's over. Uh, because you just, you just, it's invaluable to be able to sit down with the mom and say, okay, look, you know, Dan's going to Oregon. This is going to break. And this is what we're, this is what we're doing. And you get all weekend to spend with some guys. And, and it wasn't just Dan Lanning recruiting him. Kirby smart was in there. Will Muschamp's involved as well. So, uh, you know, Dale McGee has recruited uh, American Heritage before as well. So, um, you know, I think it was just a, it was a, you know, may, we'll see if they get him. Uh, he is a huge piece of the puzzle. So with that, I think, you know, the guys uh, that Kip mentioned, those guys are solid. Carlton Madden's a kid I saw play uh, Saturday, Cedar Grove. Um, you know, he was ineligible last year, kind of got lost in the shuffle, went and worked out for Georgia. And then they came back next week with the team, uh, seven on seven Cedar Grove. So Georgia was able to see him twice and work him out. So that's a guy they feel pretty good about, but I think, uh, you know, right now seem to survive it. 
Um, and that's, that's, that's the way it is with, with, with Kirby smart. I mean, he's a, he's an alpha recruiter. So it's key to be out in front of these types of things with something like that. So we'll see moving forward, um, you know, what it does, but I I think Georgia has got some flexibility now. What are they going to hire? They're going to hire specialist teams coach. What, you know, what what are they going to do there? So that's to be, that's to be answered. So, but I, I just think that it was very, for something like that to happen, the timing of having him on campus and such a key, key recruit, if they get him, they're very, very fortunate because they were able to to combat all that 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 stuff that other schools are probably sending you text messages all day long, and he's probably getting it right now. Uh, but they were able to sit down with his mom and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is how we're going to use you still. This is who can coach you, and we'll go from there. Hey, they're fortunate you, you right mentioned, this Jake, You mentioned right, relationships yeah. also with him. And uh, Jamel Adai mm-hmm. actually recruited and signed his older brother, Daryl Porter Jr., that was West Virginia. Virginia. Yep. So you mentioned it, if the, the relationships they have built in, I think Jamel Adai will be a huge part of that. So if they're able to land him, uh, that he will be a key in that area because they already have that established relationship going back to, I believe, the uh, 2020 recruiting cycle. Yeah, and and whether or not they get him, whether or not they get him, they're still fortunate because they're still in it today. You know, they're still they've still got a reason to recruit the kid. Whereas, like you said, Rusty, one hundred percent, they would not if if he was on another campus. And I'm not saying there would be any big hard feelings or anything like that. But you want to make a decision easier on a kid, you have something like that happen when you can't get a hold of him, when you can't communicate with him, or sit down or like you said, get out in front of it. That's big um, as well. Rusty, going to come right back to you here real quick. Um, National signing day is upon us. Oh, Who does man. Georgia have a chance? To, you know, and I'm not going to say give me a prediction. You know, you guys will do a final class prediction uh, probably by tomorrow night. Um, but who uh, who does Georgia have a chance to land here at the end and kind of put themselves over that 300 point mark? And and who 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 can they finish out the class with? And there's a lot of major targets. Um, you know, this I'm not being rude, but I'm working my phone the entire time here, texting this and that. So. Um, you know, the guys that follow this day to day, and I see a lot of our board members right here to the right. Um, see all you guys in here, Chris and Brian, all you guys that have a different name on the site, but uh, we know you guys follow it day to day, and a lot of these people that are on here right now do. But and there's a lot of big targets. I mean, Kamari Wilson, you know, Christian Miller, uh, Dalen Everett, you know, Marvin Jones Jr., we talk about, um, you know, Shamar James. We don't even talk about Shamar James enough, freaking five star, just really, really good player. Um, you know, so there's a lot going on. I think Georgia is um, in Ernest Green, uh, offensive line from California. We talked about Drew Bobo, a kid, you know, ultimately will end up in this class. So there's a lot going on more than usual uh, with, with, with this. I, I kind of thought Georgia might have two or three things left. I thought some kids would be committed by now that, that are waiting. So we'll see. Uh, I got a text while I go about Christian Miller. Christian Miller will not announce where he's going until I think January the 8th uh, at the All-American Bowl. So that's not a kid that George is going to find out on Wednesday. Um, so there's a lot left this week. Uh, we'll have continual updates. But more importantly, Jake, there's a lot of big-time targets. And, and those guys, um, we're doing updates, you know, two or three times a day right now on Dogs 247. That's just the way it is. And, um, you know, the information changes. Can't make any final predictions. I remember predicting. <laughs> I remember predicting, and I always it's just tough to do it because information changes. I remember, and I missed him predicting Otis Reese to Michigan. And you know, I'm sitting there at eleven o'clock on Tuesday night, 
And I'm like, everybody I talked to that night in Georgia made a big push on him. And I said, look, this kid's going to stay with Michigan. And literally when I hit publish about five minutes later, I got a text and said, Hey, Otis Reese is going to Georgia. So, uh, uh, Cordello Patterson, who plays running back for the Falcons. Oh right? my God. All that was, that was all the three all of us were doing recruiting at that time in different places. <laughs> so my, my favorite one on that one was Georgia at the time, entirely different staff, entirely different staff, Georgia at the time. I know a, a really good source there that felt real good about Georgia chances. So I put in prediction on Tuesday night. Hey, Sounds like Georgia. Unbeknownst to me, he had already filmed his commitment to Tennessee that was going to be aired the next morning. So I took a big L right there, but I knew at 5 a.m. the next morning he was going to Tennessee. So that's how much and how quick information can change. I stand by my Nicobe Dean crystal ball. I got Nicobe Dean months in advance. I missed him four times on signing day, going back and forth between LSU, Ole Miss, and Georgia. But my crystal ball is right for four months. So, you know, there's there's different ways to look at this. Information changes. Uh, it's hard for me. It's one of the hardest things I do. It's part of my job is to make a final prediction because information changes so late and you start finding out a lot of stuff late. So I've learned lessons. We're, we are going to do some final predictions uh, on this thing. But, you know, I'm just telling you right now, what you hear on Monday morning might not be what you hear on Tuesday night. The, the stuff changes so quickly. Um, and we're at that time of year where it's it, this information is going fast. Yeah, and I can't, you know, I got hit with the Cord, uh, the Cordero Patterson thing too. I think Kip may be the only person that did it because um, I remember. I think I even hit up Kip like later that night, be like, "Hey, what am I missing on this?" Yeah. And and then like the next day, Kip finally got back to me, and Kip was like, "You know, hey, this is what happened." That and by like that me. time, I think I'd already figured it out. Uh, but yeah, that was nuts. That was actually my first like signing day in this business. It was my yeah. very first. So um, that one was nuts. Uh, I remember uh, Avery. What was it? What last name? The kid went to Auburn. Avery, the the office lineman. Uh, Jer- uh, was it was it uh, kid from Pierce County? No, it was the kid from from down in uh, Miami oh. Gardens. Oh, you're talking about Avery uh, Young. Every young, yeah. Yep. I, I somehow I got had a big, really good relationship with him. Yeah. I'm going from the blind pig doing a speaking thing to the to Buffaloes. I call him. He's about to go in the air, and I said, "Hey, who's it going to be, man? I want to have a story ready." And he goes, "He goes, I'm going to Georgia, man." And then he chooses Auburn like 30 minutes later. Um, you know, these kids sometimes know what you you know kind of feel like they know what you want to hear. I really just want the truth, but I think he thought I wanted to hear Georgia. I don't really know. Um, glad I didn't say anything. Glad I had some driving to do and some speaking to do and didn't get a chance to get on the, the <laughs> board and say that every, you know, every young's picking Georgia. But yeah, it, it gets crazy. It really does. When and, I found uh, out his high school coach was taking the Cedar Shoals job. Yeah. I was like, this kid's going to Georgia. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I predicted Georgia. I think I may have. But uh, I, when I found out his coach was leaving, this school, Palm Beach Gardens, and coming right. to Cedar Shoals, I was like, oh, my gosh. He's coming yeah. to be next to this guy. Chris Davis. Chris Davis, still in Gainesville. Good dude. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, that was a big L, too. <laughs> <laughs> stuff happens, man. Just oh, yeah. crazy I, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to get Kip started on Reuben Foster. 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I know Kip, <laughs> Kip wasted a lot of camera time on Ruben Foster uh, back in the day. Mm, I'm sure. Ruben, a lot of- yeah. Josh Harvey Clemens. I mean, mm. <laughs> the Ruben Foster, Trey Matthews package deal will live on forever. Alvin Kamara, Ruben yeah. Foster, Trey, Trey Matthews and Alvin Kamara package deal. I'm sitting there at the state championships in December and Kirby Smart, who was at Alabama, is sitting beside his mom and Brian McClendon, who was a running back coach at University of Georgia at the time, was sitting on the other side of his mom. And I had a Norcross coach walk up to me. And that didn't have early signing period then. So that's in December. And I had a, a Norcross assistant walk up to me and said, you see up there, you see them two, them two guys sitting there with his mom? I said, yeah. He said, the one on the right to where he's going. And it was Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart ultimately landed him. And I, I was like, so that moment on for a whole month, I kind of stuck with uh, Alabama for Alvin Kamara. Didn't miss that one. Well, it, that one was hard to miss when that that uh, Saturday or Sunday or whatever it was before National Signing Day it showed the up. Court started to surface. He's he's in uh, Tuscaloosa hanging out. Yeah. Um, but I, I do remember seeing Alvin on the sideline of a game that very next year uh, for a Norcross game, and it, Alabama was on the road, and he didn't make the travel roster. And I asked him one question: Hey, man, how's it going at Alabama? And I'm not going to say what he told me, but his response let me know it. He will not be finishing his career at Alabama. So, and he uh, he didn't. He called me up one night about six months after he left Alabama, and it was a great. Inter- I mean, it was it was just a one of the most uh, honest interviews a player's ever given me. He said, "Look, I was you know I was first string. I had a great couple of weeks. I got hurt. Next thing you know, I was four string, and I powdered up. And uh, you know, I left Alabama. So I, I will never forget Alvin." Uh, we we kept in touch. I talked to him probably two or three weeks ago on a text. Uh, I got one, I got a one NFL one Saints jersey hangs in my office over here, and it's Alvin Kamara. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I'll take the blame for that one. But he uh, just a kid that I you know covered and got to be good, you know, a friend with, and uh, you know, kind of root for him and to to do know a lot of his background. And I thought that second time he was going to go to Georgia. In fact. I'll never forget the state championship, the last state championship game they ever had in the Georgia Dome. I was sitting upstairs, and Alvin had texted me and said, hey, I'm home. I want to come watch the games, but I don't want a bunch of people messing with me. I said, sure, nobody's sitting up here. Come sit with me. So he sat with me and watched a couple of the games, and I remember him showing me his phone. And I swear to goodness, Butch Jones called him every hour for the entire day trying to talk him into staying in Tennessee, and he was like, I'm gone, man. So like two days later, I – I was like, hey, I need to break that one if you don't mind. <laughs> he goes, yeah. <laughs> so I broke it that Alvin Kamara was 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 leaving, uh, was 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 not coming back. So, uh, but I remember, man, Bush Jones was calling all day trying to get him, and he wouldn't answer the phone. He was like, I'm I'm gone, man. All right, let's get this thing back on track because we've morphed this thing into story time here, real quick. Kip, <laughs> National Signing Day, couple days away. Who do you think George has a good chance of landing? Again this far out i mean it this this is this is like a this is a deep three at this point <laughs> and in the process so take a deep three and see who you can hit on as far as who you think george's got a good chance to land well uh, you mentioned them trying to get you know over the 300 point mark they're actually over it already at 305 points we we don't uh at this time project uh tire west the uh defensive lineman at tiff county uh we think he ends up elsewhere when all is said and done so that you know, that puts them at 23 guys right now. I think, you know, you could see them add, you know, five to seven more players in this class, probably go over the 315 mark, closer to 320 when all is said and done. I like where Georgia is with Kamari Wilson 
you know, obviously Florida pushing hard there. Uh, Billy Napier and his coaching staff getting Corey Raymond in there. Obviously, he's opening up some eyes with recruits. I think that right now I still like where, where Georgia stands with Kamari Wilson, the five-star safety at IMG Academy. And, I mean, IMG Academy has been really where, where all these big-time recruiting battles has been this cycle because you look right there at Dalen Everett, the, the five-star cornerback who took an official visit to Alabama this past weekend. That's a guy that Georgia has been heavily involved with throughout the cycle. Uh, a Clemson decommit that you know now is is looking at, at both of these programs. We're having a lot of Alabama Georgia recruiting battles here down the stretch, and I mean that that makes sense with where both programs are. I think that's one where Alabama getting them on campus last is obviously something you want to watch. But I just think Georgia might have an established relationship there. That's a guy they can land, and and you had to get. Kamari Wilson and Dalen Everett to the secondary class. It's a truly, truly special secondary class when you already have guys like uh, Malachi Starks in there, Jaheim Singletary, Julian Humphrey, and, and Ja'Cory Thomas, It's uh, and, and then Marquise Gross-Kilbrew. That's an outstanding secondary group that you can really build your secondary with. And just continuing, like I said, Georgia-Alabama ba battles, Shamar James, that might be the one where, you know, both programs feel pretty good heading into the last 48 hours before, uh, you know, he plans to to, to sign and, and, you know, send his letter of intent in. That's a, a top 100 linebacker. You know, honestly, could be a five-star when all is said and done out of the Academy in Mobile, Alabama. Georgia got him, you know, got him on campus this last weekend, had him on campus dur during the season as well. And, and I think there, there's reason for Georgia to feel good about that. But I think Alabama's got reason to feel pretty good about it, too. I, I kind of lean towards Georgia right now. I think they're in a good place with him. And I talk about the secondary class. I think Glenn Schumann, once again, reloading at inside linebacker. You're you potentially losing Clay Walker, Channing Tindall. Kobe Dean all to the NFL, and and he's reloading that room. If he's able to add Shamar James to this class with, with C.J. Washington, you know, another really, really impressive linebacker prospect. I, I just really – and Jalon Walker, a guy that, I mean, really compares well to the guys like Channing Tindall and and Clay Walker. It's a, a big linebacker who can run. I think that, that would be an impressive haul, a positional group for there. I don't think this defense is really going anywhere, and – I think Rusty Mission, Christian Miller at Cedar Grove, the defensive lineman who's had a very strong senior season, him announcing on January 8th. So Georgia fans will ha have to wait to see what he says there. But you add him to the group and then Chandler Smith, the you know the speedster, former Florida commit, a guy that ran a win A did 10-2-8. Uh, but, I mean, even if you got the win helping you, uh, a sub 10-3 uh, 100 meter is – is blazing fast. So that's a guy, 6'1", 180 pounds. I think we all saw, uh, you know, Georgia needing some speed at wide receiver this season and, and what a guy like Arian Smith can do in that offense. Well, this is a similar player, a guy that if he can stay healthy, the big question mark, he has a lot of potential uh, to, to make an impact in Georgia's offense and kind of give them something that, that not only do they need in this class, but they, they kind of need on the roster overall. I think the last position, like I said earlier, is that edge position. Do they get Marvin Jones Jr.? Uh, does James Pierce sign on Wednesday? Uh, his decision could be uh, one that we're watching with Georgia if they're not able to land a guy like Marvin Jones Jr. I think that James Pierce probably becomes that most coveted prospect heading into January. Those are kind of the main guys we're tracking right now. I think Georgia ends up, like I said, 28, 29 guys. 
Is that good enough for number one? Maybe not. I think Alabama and Texas A&M are in on with a lot of guys and have a chance to, to really load up there. I think, you know, right now, if I'm projecting Georgia's class, I think they probably end up number three. But if they win a couple of these 50-50 battles, you, end up, you add a guy like uh, Marvin Jones Jr. to the group, you're pushing 320 points at that point. And, I mean, that's probably going to get you pretty close to the top no matter what. And I don't think Georgia's coaching staff will be worried about where they're at in the class rankings if they're able to win some of those battles. Great stuff, guys. It's awesome. Let's uh, let's let these two uh, hunting dogs off the leash. Let them go get some. Uh, let them go get some information for us, and come on over to Dogs Twenty Four Seven. Fifty percent off through uh, through the rest of the week. I believe it is through National Signing Day. What's up, Rusty? Can I answer one question? Joseph Ham at the bottom here has a really good question. If UGA misses out on Marvin Jones, are there any rumors about a portal outside linebacker they may target? Here's what I'll say about the portal. A lot of these guys don't do it until early January because they want to enroll somewhere in mid-January. So don't look at the portal right now and think this is all there is. It's going to continue to get hot. And this thing, Jamison Williams didn't come in this thing until last year in January. You start talking about impact players, those types of things. So with the portal, uh, you just don't look at it right now and go, hey, is there a guy in there? There's not. Uh, there could be, and I, there, there'll be some movement. When the season's done from all these teams, uh, early January, there'll be some names in there for sure. There's very few positions on a football team that you won't look at the right player at in the portal. There's very few positions. I mean, you for Georgia, you look at receiver, outside linebacker, um, you know, running back, quarterback. It doesn't matter. There, if it's the right guy, they're going to take a look at him. They may take a swing at him, and that's just how the portal works. Uh, if they feel like it can help them, they're going to go try to go get him. Uh, but, yeah, so 50% off over at Dawes 24-7 through National Signing Day. Come join us over there. I mean, get listen, six months for free if you sign up for a full year. So come see us. Come get all the information. We'll have it for you. This episode of the Junkyard Dogcast is over, though. I'm Jake Rowe from Dawes 24-7. They're Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams from the same place. And y'all take it easy. <laughs>